a piece for solo cello called Rocking by composer Ilya Levinson. We heard Jan Maxson on the cello. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead, and I'm very fortunate today to have as my guests cellist Jan Maxson and composer Ilya Levinson. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming down. Thank you for having us. I just want to make sure we understand, too, that that was Jan performing live in our Levin studio. That was not from the CD, so it's a really rare opportunity to have somebody performing live. Um, Ilya, tell me, what were you thinking about when you wrote that piece, Rocking? Well, I had a neighbor upstairs who was uh, rock musician. Okay. And uh, it's kind of, I, I get into the groove, and when I was asked by Ian to write a solo cello piece for him, or maybe several pieces, I decided that uh, that would be one of the pieces. And I was trying to imagine what a typical city dweller would hear, what kind of noise he or she would hear sometimes between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. Is this when your neighbor was playing rock music? Well, no, <laughs> he, he was very civilized, so he was okay. done by 10 p.m., but, you know, it's artistic license, so we can <laughs> imagine what, what happened. So, and I, I, I came up with this piece. Great. So, Ian, tell me from the performance perspective, this piece, uh, it seems like there's a lot going on. What, um, what, are the, what are the hallmarks of the piece for you? Well, for me personally, this piece sort of hits home because I play rock and roll myself. I love rock music. I've, it's been part of my musical um, makeup since I was quite young. So I try to uh, incorporate as much blend of genres and try to get cello involved in all sorts of things. So for me, this is a perfect kind of um, blend of genres. And uh, I think Ilya captured really great the concept of a distorted guitar. That's what I, I feel yes. like when I'm, yeah, when I'm playing my, this. My point. Mm-hmm. 
So, Ilya, just uh, musically, how did you try to capture that distorted guitar with the, the double stops in the cello, or what were you? Yes, double stops of cello, kind of glissandi, somewhere in between the frets. Ponticello, yeah, also. Ponticello, so it's a right. Quasi ponticello, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. sort of makes uh, yeah. makes up for that sound. Yeah, and that's where you're playing just a little bit over the near the bridge, or so, yeah, 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 just a little yeah. bit, not too. It roughs obvious, up the sound yeah. a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think for a composer, it's hard to write for a solo instrument and uh, to also write for a very, very large ensemble like the orchestra. So I want to go now to an orchestra piece that you wrote and show off your chops in that area, Ilya. Tell us about Sevda Medley. Sevda Medley. What is a Sevda? Sevda, it's um, a genre of Balkan love song. I'm composer in residence with American music festivals. It's an organization headed by um, Philip Simmons. He's a conductor of Lincolnwood Chamber Orchestra. And um, th- this is a recording that uh, was done in actually uh, in Sarajevo, in Bosnia with the Sarajevo Philharmonic. Phil conducted this orchestra. And for me, it was actually very nerve-breaking to go to the country and they all love Sevda. There, there is a museum of Sevda in Sarajevo. And so I was a little bit nervous about the, uh, how they would, receive my piece, but the reception was very warm. So I used uh, four very known Sevda songs in this medley. One of them is uh, Who is this pretty girl? Second one is My dear mother sent me to the water. Third one is a Bembesha, and the fourth song is a Don't cry for me. And so I took some liberties with the harmonic language of the songs, wrote transitions and conclusion, and did some contrapuntal work with those songs, put them one against mm-hmm. another. Let's have a listen. This is the Sarajevo Philharmonic Orchestra with Phil Simmons conducting in a live performance. <laughs> Thank you. 
We heard a live performance of Sevda Medley by composer Ilya Levinson. That was a Sarajevo Philharmonic Orchestra led by Phil Simmons. Uh, Ilya, what a great piece of music. I think you did a Thank great you. job. Thank <laughs> it's you. really fun yeah. to hear that. It was uh, great to work um, with the material, and um, yeah, I learned a lot about... Uh, well, it seems like you thoroughly internalized the, the right. material there. Yeah. You really yeah. learned it well. Well, we're going to listen now to another piece called In Blue. This is another solo piece that you wrote for Ian. Um, Ilya, what, it's a very bluesy kind of piece. Was that your intention, to write something referencing American blues? Yes. You know, uh, actually, jazz was very popular in Russia. And we heard a lot of jazz in the... Uh, Ru- Russia uh, heard a lot of jazz in the 30s and the 40s and all through the Soviet history. Uh, myself, personally, I, uh, we had a, a little LP with Gershwin Rhapsody in Blue. And I listen to this record many, many times, and I think this intonation of blues just engraved in my uh, mind. And in my um, other pieces, I also used short jazz segments, so it's not entirely new genre for me. Ian, anything on your point of view? Have you played the blues also? Yeah, I, I love the blues. I love the old acoustic blues from the 1920s. I love uh, more modern things. I love Eric Clapton. I love American blues. And also this uh, reminds me uh, of the big band era music as well. And um, to me personally, this sounds like it would make a really great soundtrack to one of um, nostalgic films by um, Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, also I wanted to mention that I've already I played this piece in different parts of the world, in particular in New York and in Paris, and both uh, New Yorkers and uh, an audience in Paris said, oh, this piece really sounds like this music from back in the air of here in Paris or here in London. So for everybody, it seems to hit home, this piece. So um, that's my experience. One thing to add also, um, I'm teaching at Columbia College Chicago, and a number of years ago with uh, my uh, friend and colleague Fernando Jones, we went to a trip to Mississippi Delta where I heard a lot of blues. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. also one of the uh, influences. Right. For, for so it's actually the, the, where the blues began, Mississippi right. Delta. Right, right. But there's also this quality of uh, sort of naive longing, innocence right. that, that uh, we Absolutely. think of with that period of time. Absolutely. Even though, of course, a lot of bad things were happening. But, but we in this yeah. era associate it with but, this innocence. Yeah, but I think it's in every one of us, this longing for Absolutely. better. And this is what I try to capture in my music. Let's have a listen. This is Ian Maxson performing In Blue by Ilya Levinson. Thank you. 
That was In Blue by composer Ilya Levinson. We heard Ian Maxson performing that live in our Levin studio. Ian and Ilya are my guests today on Relevant Tones. I was thinking about that piece as I was listening to it with you all, and uh, one of the ways that you build tension, Ilya, in the middle there is that there's a drone kind of open string in the bottom of right. the, uh, right. in, in the almost bassy register there. Uh, was that intentional? Were you trying to do that to build tension? Is that a blues reference? What were you thinking there? Well, it's just uh, in the um, physical nature of the instrument, and it, uh, the piece goes to the climax at that moment, and we know it needs to produce more sound, so um, composers use double stops. They, they use this drawn string to just get more volume out of the instrument. Ian, from your perspective, I mean, uh, you know, the piece gets really, really high. Is it difficult? Those registral jumps must be pretty tricky to do. Yeah, a little took a little practice. Yeah, but, I, I um, wanted to challenge Ian. Actually, I, yeah, when I was writing this piece, I was imagining him playing and this piece, and uh, it's—I mean, it's possible to get yeah. the register of a violin on cello. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ilya <laughs> keep, keeps challenging me. He actually wrote one more piece that we're not performing today on the program that I'm still learning. Yeah, that's uh, so challenging, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's definitely coming soon. And there are some harmonics in there, but mostly you're just going up really, really high, naturally on the string, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that middle section, to me, it actually sounds almost like a whole big band playing there, slightly almost like an old uh, old LP. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Um, let's turn to a very different form again here. You're, you're a very diverse composer, so it's nice to be able to show that diversity on the show. Um, this is a piece you wrote for saxophone and guitar, which is not a duo that most people probably <laughs> think of right away. Right, a duo Montagnard. Those are two wonderful uh, musicians, uh, Joe Murphy and uh, Matt Slotkin, and they approached me to write a piece for them. Uh, because there is an, it's not a standard combination of instruments, they are basically building up the body of repertoire for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wrote the piece called Solstice Canyon, and Solstice Canyon is a place in uh, Malibu, California. When I was teaching uh, in Los Angeles for Columbia College, Chicago, I went uh, several times to take a walk at this wonderful place, and it, it's a great place. It's a great canyon. So this piece is inspired by the, just by, the by the nature, view. by by the beauty, and by the sun, and by the ocean. Okay. Well, let's have a listen to the first movement of this piece, which is called Noon. This is Duo Montagnard, Joseph Murphy saxophone, and Matthew Slotkin guitar.
first movement of Solstice Canyon by Ilya Levinson. We heard Noon. That was Joseph Murphy on saxophone and Matthew Slotkin on guitar, a piece inspired by the famous Solstice Canyon in L.A. Ian and Ilya are my guests today, and we're listening to music by Ilya Levinson. Well, we're going to listen now to another piece called Memory Tango. This is Ian Maxson and Ani Gogova on piano. Um, it's a wonderful CD called Tango Plus. Ilya, how did you start writing tangos? Well, I was asked uh, to write, uh, by Ian and Annie, I was asked to write um, tangos for, two tangos for uh, the um, uh, upcoming CD. But actually, I have written uh, several tangos before. Way back when in Russia, I wrote a comic opera which had a tango scene in it. And uh, my wife, cellist Martin Benman, loves tango, so I wrote one tango for her. So it's not entirely new genre for me. But I was very pleased when Ian and Annie asked me to write the pieces for the CD. And um, actually, it was first time in my life when I wrote a piece of music, and next time what I, I heard a just first a rough take that would go to the CD. And it's great for composer. You write music and you email it to performers, and next thing you receive the MP3 with a recorded track. Ilya, <laughs> 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 you know, anything our listeners should know going into this piece? Does it follow the tango format pretty straightforward well, all the way through? No, it's... Uh, uh, I imagined a, a person at the basically end of his or her life reminiscing about the past and about the love that he or she had with their partner. Let's have a listen. This is Ani Gogova and Ian Maxson performing Memory Tango by Ilya Levinson. Thank you. 
That's Memory Tango by Ilya Levinson. We heard Ani Kogova, piano, and Ian Maxson, cello. 
Ian Maxson is my guest today, and he said it was mildly stressful hearing it. Uh, Ian, it's hard to hear that after so long. I, you know, it's just uh, yeah. After I haven't heard it in a while, and also um, it, it it was a rather challenging piece to yeah. uh, learn and to record, and we took quite a quite a lot of takes and uh, worked quite a bit on on it to to make it happen. So, oh, it's very beautiful. Uh, thank you. Very nice. Like the introduction quite a bit, and then when the tango kicks in, it's it's perfect. I think, yeah, really, a perfect addition I think to the the tango canon. So far, we've heard so many things. We've heard a b- blues piece, a tango, a, r- a piece that references rock and roll, a piece using a Balkan music form, the sevda. How do you uh, how do you juggle all these different musical styles and still have a, an individual voice? Um, you know, I grew up in Soviet Union. And there we have examples of Prokofiev and Shostakovich. And actually, Shostakovich was writing jazz suites in 1920s. And he uh, did uh, jazz arrangements. Uh, So it's kind of in in my uh, modus operandi, do different kind of genres. Have you felt any, it seems in this country a little bit to me, people are encouraged to specialize a little bit more. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. And um, this is, uh, I mean, I'm coming from a different background. And, you know, by by who I am, I'm interested in many, many things. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that uh, it's very advantageous for a composer to take inspiration from different sources. It can be jazz, it can be folk. It can be a drama, a painting, or so forth. Let's move now to a piece that you wrote inspired by a very famous story by Edgar Allan Poe. This is The Telltale Heart. Did you, is this a story you had grown up loving like many of us in this country, or did you come to it later? Um, you know, I read uh, Edgar Allan Poe back in Soviet Union, but I rediscovered the writer here uh, when I came the States in 1988. And I was working um, on this piece. It was a commission from Cube, a new music group, Chicago Ensemble, and I was working with John Steinhagen, and uh, we expanded a little bit the ground of the old man in the story. And John put it in a a monodrama uh, form, so there are some sections are expanded. Uh, basically, we would need to make a piece a little longer because it's a fairly short piece. Is it is the baritone singing? Is he speaking? Is uh, he, he's, he's singing. Okay. Th- so there, are, there are a couple of lines that he is speaking when he's talking to the po- imaginary police. It's, mm-hmm. it's a later section of the piece. We're only going to be able to listen to a little bit of it. Tell us about this excerpt. So this is actually the story, uh, part of the story where the main character actually kills the old man. Okay, let's have a listen. This is an excerpt from Telltale Heart by Ilya Levinson. We're going to hear David Holloway, baritone, with the Cube Contemporary Music Ensemble, Philip Moorhead, conductor. Thank you. 
Stop. 
once. I dragged him to the floor. I pulled his heavy bed down in his head, smothering him, smothering that evil I think it's a wonderful musical evocation of, uh, the, the, I guess not the highlight, but the high point of the story where, where he kills the old man and then uh, all of that emotion, everything we heard, we, we hear a little bit of a foreshadowing of the heartbeat there and the drum, all of that will be transmuted into this incredible guilt <laughs> by, the, right. <laughs> by the end of the story. Uh, just a little bit of The Telltale Heart by Ilya Levinson. We heard the Cube Ensemble. David Holloway doing a fantastic job on baritone and uh, Phil Moorhead conducting. Uh, I think it's wonderful music, Ilya. Thank you. Really fantastic evocation. So the heartbeat then becomes more important later on, of course. Right, as, right. As it starts uh, to the haunt end. the yeah. man. It, uh, the heartbeat actually overpowers Absolutely. everything <laughs> <laughs> by <laughs> the, the end. end of the story. Yeah. You know, the story is so similar to Crime and Punishment, I was thinking, by Dostoevsky, too. Yes. In which this moment of passion, this, and, you know, and, and you, you don't feel any sympathy for the victim necessarily. Right. Because it's always you know, not a great person. Right. But the, the guilt by the end is uh, just absolutely. so incredibly uh, absolutely. overpowering. I, I agree. That's an inter- interesting analogy. Yeah. Well, we have another orchestra piece um, to show off your writing for, I think, in many ways, the ultimate uh, instrument, <laughs> the orchestra. Tell us about Adventures. Was it, did Civic Orchestra com- commission this? Uh, no. Uh, Civic Orchestra used to do readings of the orchestra pieces. So you could uh, write an orchestra piece and submit it to a committee and uh, your piece might be chosen. So my, I was lucky my piece was chosen for a reading and after it was actually chosen for a concert that happened about months after the reading. And this is a recording from the concert and uh, I had the luck to work with Cliff Colnett, a wonderful conductor. Mm-hmm. The title is Adventures. I mean, were you thinking of swashbuckling ad- uh, adventures? No, actually, <laughs> I was uh, thinking about uh, the uh, Russian fairy tales. Oh, okay. Uh, the mighty bogatyr or the mighty man would go to free the beautiful uh, lady that was uh, kidnapped by a dark sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting how those stories are the same the world right. around. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's have a listen to Cliff Colnut conducting the Civic Orchestra Adventures by Ilya Levinson.
Adventures performed by the Civic Orchestra with Cliff Colnut conducting music by Ilya Levinson, who has been my guest today on the Relevant Tones program. Ilya, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to hear the incredible wide diversity of music that you're doing. You're on the faculty at Columbia College, so for more right. information, people can check yeah. out your, right. your faculty yeah. profile page. Right. Ian and Ilya, thank you so much for being our guest today on Relevant Tones. Thank yeah. you, Seth. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders at WFMT, with special thanks to Seth Kelly and Jonas Kramer. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, DePaul University, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. I'm Seth Bostead, and thanks for listening.